So in the wake of our culture and how it demands for us to define sexuality in its own way, in our own way, based on our own truths, I just want to place a pause to the way that we consume that information and what we're given by culture and by people and by social media and any other medium that influences our lives. And I want us to just open the Bible and dig into what God thinks about sexuality. Today I'm talking about sexuality in God's eyes. Are you ready? Let's get some context. Alright y'all, so this topic is going to be a little bit deep because it's not going to just purely be about um, same-sex marriage or what the Bible refers to as homosexuality, what humans refer to as the LGBTQ community. Um, It's not going to just be about that, but we're going to explore sexuality in this talk and simply because I think it's important. Uh, Yeah, but before we get into that, guys, it's been a while. Hey, (laughs) how are y'all? I hope that you are living life according to your faith. I hope that you are exploring God deeply Um, And if not, hey, you're listening to this, you got breath in your body, there's another opportunity for you to do so. But since you're here, we're going to go ahead and just dive into the Bible together. Is that all right? I hope it is. So like I said, we're exploring the topic of sexuality and I'm intrigued to talk about this. Um, First of all, I've been challenged to cover a lot of taboo topics that Christians cover either... um, in an extremist type of way or in a, in a passive type of way. And if you know what I mean, then uh, you know where I'm going with this. But um, just simply put, either we're extreme about it, we say absolutely not. This is not what God likes because God says so. But we have no context and we don't dig deeper into the text. And we don't help people explore God and learn God and what God thinks. And what God has already spoken about this. Or we send them to Leviticus Straight up truth, here you go, abomination, you gonna die. And, you know, it just doesn't, it's not effective. You know, it doesn't bring people or draw people to Christ. But then there's the other side of it where we're very passive about it and we're just like, love everybody. We preach from that perspective alone. And that is a problem. And so is the extremist view. Um, So I just want to create a happy medium which is not so happy. In fact, it's more challenging, especially to me, um, because I've just been really challenged and pushed by, you know, my spirit to open my mouth and start talking, but not from my own opinion. And so that's why it's going to be challenging today, because I'm dedicating this episode to not speak my opinion about this subject. I'm simply only going to pull scriptures and talk from scripture period, about what God thinks about sexuality um, and how it was first created and then secondly inspired as we uh, explore it here on earth between humans, among us humans, and then how it's been distorted over time and then how God has restored us. Um, So yeah, I'm hoping that you learn something and get something from this. Um, And I'm also hoping that you become uncomfortable because it's made me uncomfortable just talking about it just because of the way that we've adapted to how humans just define everything based on how they feel and what they think is correct and um, their truth and their happiness and our own like self-satisfaction when that's not what 
our lives are about. So we're going to explore that topic today and we're going to dig right into it, starting with Genesis chapter two, verses 18 through 25. So if you've listened to any of my podcasts, you know that I always start at Genesis because Genesis is the beginning, the beginning of time, the very uh, desire of God for creation because he created man just like he wanted man to be. And of course, it got distorted along the way, sin enters the world, but then God restores us. But then we have to know what he restores us back to. So we're going to venture back to Genesis to the very beginning, starting at verse 18 through 25 in chapter 2 of Genesis. I'm going to read that entire section because I want us to get it, okay? And then I'm going to jump to the New Testament. But for now, follow along with me as I read Genesis 2, 18 through 25. It says, Then the Lord God says, said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So I want you to kind of pay attention to that end. Those last few verses, verses 23, where it talks about bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. But then I want you to pay attention first. Let's work backwards. To verse 25 where it says, And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So that verse gives us kind of an inference that God designed men and women the way he designed them so that they can be both naked in front of each other and unashamed. So point one, sexuality is created by God. God inspires this. Naked and unashamed is very vulnerable Naked and unashamed is very, uh, you know, you open yourself up to each other, like exploring the deepest parts of each other. That is sexuality. That is intimacy, sexuality, even besides the relationship part, but them being naked, them being exposed, them feeling free to embrace their sexuality is the phrase that we use. That is designed by God based on these verses here. And so that is a result of the Lord God from verse 22, taking the rib from man and making it into woman and bringing her to the man. So not, not only does God inspire sexuality, but he inspires it within relationship, within relationship with each other. So that kind of kills any doubt about God not liking us embracing sexuality. Now, I don't know that anybody uh, says that, and I'm pretty sure, um, you know, if you grew up in church and you might have been taught differently, you might have heard some things differently, or you might not have been taught very well regarding sexuality, regarding relationships. But I'm here to tell you that Genesis 2 
spells it out here plainly clear that God designed relationships and he designed sexuality for man and woman to be both unashamed and naked before each other within the context of a specific relationship in this particular passage it's marriage and so for one us being okay sexually is totally embraced and condoned by God within the context of marriage. Now, we know that we experience feelings and things as individuals as well. And we're going to go into that in the next set of verses that I'm going to read. What do you do with that? Like, how does God help us to manage our sexuality and um, help us to learn how to honor him with our sexuality as a single person or even just period? In life as a person whether you're single married whatever you are how does God help us to do that and so I'm gonna reverse uh, excuse me Romans chapter 1 is gonna be a little bit lengthy y'all bear with me but I want you to get the context of this because like I said I'm not using my own words um, I'm only using my words to kind of break down the scriptures but the scriptures will speak for themselves and I just want to invite you to read them for yourselves but here we go how does God help us to embrace sexuality um, or just um, you know how we are in relationship with each other and how sexuality is often involved in that as well. So Romans 1 verses 20 through 32 says, For ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature and attributes, that is, his eternal power and divinity, have been made intelligible and clearly discernible in and through the things that have been made his handiworks. So men are without excuse, altogether without any defense or justification, because when they knew and recognized him as God, they did not honor and glorify him as God or give him thanks. But instead, they became futile and godless in their thinking, with vain imaginings, foolish reasoning, and stupid speculations, and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Professing to be smart, they made simpletons of themselves. Whoa, this is some strong language, y'all. Here we go. Verse 23. And by them, the glory and majesty and excellence of the immortal God were exchanged for and represented by images re resembling mortal man and birds and beasts and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their own hearts to sexual impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, abandoning them to the degrading power of sin because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So be it. Who is blessed forever. Amen. So be it. Okay. For this reason, this is verse 26. God gave them over and abandoned them to vile affections and degrading passions. For their women exchanged their natural function for an unnatural and an abnormal one. And the men also turned from natural relations with women and were set ablaze, burning out, consumed with lust for one another. Men committing shameful acts with men and suffering in their own bodies and personalities, the inevitable consequences and penalty of their wrongdoing and going astray, which was their fitting retribution. Ooh, okay, so this is more so about the consequences. I misspoke earlier, but we're going to keep reading. Here we go. Verse 28. And so, since they did not see fit to acknowledge God or approve of him or consider him worth the knowing, God gave them over to a base and condemned mind mm, to do things not proper or decent but loathsome until they were filled, permeated, and saturated with every kind of unrighteousness, iniquity, grasping, and covetousness, and covetous greed and malice. 
They were full of envy and jealousy, murder, strife, deceit, and treachery, ill will, and cruel ways. They were secret backbiters and gossipers, slanders, hateful to and hating God, full of insolence, arrogance, and boasting, inventors of new forms of evil, disobedient, and undutiful to parents. They were without understanding, conscienceless, and faithless, heartless, and loveless, and merciless. Though they are fully aware of God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve to die, they do not only do them themselves, but approve and applaud others who practice them. So, mm, 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 mm. we didn't really learn. We're, we'll learn later, a little bit later. And I think I just talked a little bit too early, y'all. But we'll learn a little bit later, like, how to manage our sexuality individually. But this is more so the consequence of our choices with our sexuality when we don't choose to honor God. So, I want you to go back to um earlier or i want to go back to earlier where we talked about men giving up their natural desires for women that's in verse 27 uh, 26 and 27 at the end of 26 where it talks about women exchanging their natural function for an unnatural and abnormal one and then the men turning from natural relations with women and then they were set ablaze with lust for one another that is the consequence of when we choose what we do with our sexuality based on our feelings, based on our emotions, based on how we feel, what we think our truth is outside of the truth of God. When we don't honor God based on what he defined as it is pictured in Genesis chapter 2 and in other places of the Bible as well. But when we don't fulfill and live out that um preferred destiny for man then we are turned over to our lust um and in essence lust for one another so now we're going to move on to what it means to be sexually immoral so in the new testament the word most often translated sexual immorality is pornea this word is also translated as whoredom, fornication, and idolatry. It means a surrendering of sexual purity, and it is primarily used of premarital sexual relationships or relations. For this Greek word, we get from this Greek word we get the English word pornography, stemming from the concept of selling off. Sexual immorality is the selling off or of se sexual purity and involves any type of sexual expression outside the boundaries of a biblically defined marriage relationship. So I kind of briefly went over that in the beginning, but that is just generally what it means to be sexually immoral. So a lot of times we, we just limit it to sexuality or how we identify ourselves, but then it goes beyond that. It also is... Um, just our desire for anything that goes beyond the boundaries of how the Bible defines sexuality and how we should enjoy that, as I kind of spelled it out in Genesis 2. So sexual immorality, we need to know where that stems from. It stems from pagan idol worship. So it's often involving perverse and immoral sexual acts performed in the temple of a false god so when we use our physical bodies for immoral purposes we are imitating pagan worship by, by profaning god's holy temple with acts he calls detestable so i want to stop right there because i want to address a lot of uh the defenses that people might use when it comes to arguing against the word of God when it comes to sexual immorality. So a lot of people might say, um, so 
I'm not worshiping a God when I perform my act. So it really depends on the way that I'm doing it. But then this kind of definition of where it comes from, it clears that up because it says that when you do such things, this is what it looks like when the pagans did this thing and their intentions were to worship a false God and your actions used for immoral purposes imitate that. And so it is always our job to imitate Christ as Paul puts it. Follow me as I follow Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. We are destined and designed to follow after God and to be his hands and feet on earth, but more so look like him, to look like Jesus, to become like Jesus. That is our destiny. That is our goal. That is our purpose in life. And so anything that leads us away from that is going to be detrimental, no matter if our intentions are different than what the original act or the original intention was, no matter um, what we think it might be or how different we think times are becoming, still, anything that does not imitate God or look like God or push us more toward God is going to be detrimental and is going to lead us down a different path that leads to sin. So that is what happens when we operate sexually immorally sexual when we operate immorally with our sexuality or we don't honor God with our sexuality or we value it above what we value about God our relationships with God our faith um, our obedience to God so I hope that that breaking down has kind of cleared up um, just kind of the background of sexual immorality, what the Bible says about it. Um, and some key verses that you can read about more about sexuality are Matthew 19, 4 through 5, and then also 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9 through 11. So I'm going to list what sexual immorality manifested looks like. Um, it appears in different ways. Um, so I'm going to name everything and then I'm going to name the last thing, which is what the focus has been on a lot in our culture lately. So um, for one, sexual immorality manifests, it looks like fornication. It looks like masturbation. It looks like pornography pleasures, adultery, bestiality, unnatural relations, or same-sex attractions. And the effect results of sexual immorality are listed in 1 Timothy um, chapter 1, verses 9 through 10 and that reads understanding this that the law is not laid down for the just but for the lawless and disobedient for the ungodly and sinners for the unholy and profane for those who strike their fathers and mothers for murderers the sexual the sexually immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. So that is um, the effects or the result of sexuality, of be, being sexually immoral. <laughs> can you, can't even get the words out just because of my focus is on the fact that the law, I mean, the law was originally designed so that the people... Uh, the chosen people of God, the Israelites, could remain in good standing with God. But then since Jesus came, Jesus became the way for us um, to have right standing with God. And so now the law serves um, for those who 
are disobedient or for those who don't acknowledge Jesus as their savior or even further than that, for those whose actions speak differently than their acknowledgement for Jesus, if they do. Um, and then there's another verse um, that kind of helps us to understand the effects and the results of being sexually immoral. And it's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, which reads, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, um, and I'll keep going, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And why is that? Because it's contrary, contrary to the will of God, contrary to the purpose and the whole um, purpose, uh, the whole will of God for man in the earth. Um, and how he designed it. And if you have questions about that, go back to Genesis chapter 2 and read how God designed it. And you can even read through some of the verses that I referenced um, in this particular podcast. And you can pay attention to your notes as well, um, to the show notes as well. If you scroll down and read through the show notes, um, you'll see some of the verses that, I, well, pretty much all the verses that I covered today to study them and learn a little bit more about that. So now that we know the effects of sexuality, we know where it derived from, we know what it looks like, what is God's will for our sexuality? What does God want for us? If God says that we're going, I mean, all of these choices that we make regarding our sexuality can lead us down a path of detriment um, and away from his will, then what is the will of God? It's important for us to know that. And that's outlined particularly in three sets of verses. I've only included three, but there are so many more in the Bible you can look up and read for yourself. But the first of three is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 through 5. And it says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. So, here explicitly it connects sexual immorality to a passion of lust or a passion for yourself or a passion for your own desires rather than the desires for God and what God thinks will ultimately lead you down the path of righteousness and help you to become more like him and then the next verse is Matthew 19 4 through 6 he answered, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore has God, what therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. So basically, it's just recalling what we read in Genesis. Has God not said this? This is what God said. That is the original will of God for our sexuality and for the way that we enjoy sexuality with other humans. All right. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Because ultimately he created us. So how do we respond to God's will for our sexuality? We learned that in a set of verses as well. We're going to pick five of those today to talk about. And we're going to wrap it up right after I read those five verses. The first one is 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 9 through 12. 
Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? I kind of read part of this already. Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But... You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. So our first response is to acknowledge God and the fact that he sent Jesus to wash us, to sanctify us and to justify us. Give us name, give us place and purpose in the earth to fulfill his will, not just regarding our desires. Oh also regarding our desires but also regarding sin and things that cause us to stumble okay all right next verse is colossians 3 and 5 um first corinthians 6 and 11 is how we will put those types of desires to death and it says put to death therefore what is earthly in you sexual immorality impurity passions evil desires and covetousness which is idolatry. And I'm also going to pull up 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 11 because I want to I want you to understand the how to. Like I don't want to just tell you to put something to death without leading you to the passage that explains how to do it. And it turns out we already read that, but we're going to read it again because I want you to be reminded to know that this is how you put it to death. By acknowledging that you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. So it's not just enough to deny your flesh. It's not just enough to say, I don't want to sin anymore. You've got to replace it specifically with the word of God, specifically by believing that what Jesus did has sanctified you, has washed you, has cleansed you, has justified you. And has given you place, purpose in the earth. And will make you new. Will transform you. Will give you um, a new desire for him. You've got to believe that. That's where it starts. Okay? Alright. So then we'll keep reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. But this time we're going to verses 18 through 20. Y'all Corinthians talks a lot about this. Open your Bible and read it. Um, so verses 18 through 20 in chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians says, Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual, the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. And then again, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. And then 1 Corinthians 7 and 2 um, encourages us to adopt and be convinced that God's idea of how we embrace sexuality, which is through the covenant of marriage, is one man and one woman to adopt that and be convinced of it that that is how we embrace sexuality and then first corinthians 7 and 2 reads but because of the temptation to sexual immorality each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband that is the way that god designed for us to enjoy our sexuality all right and then last first corinthians chapter 7 verse 5 do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer but then come together again so that satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control and that verse is specifically within the confines of marriage within the context of marriage and I'm specifically not expounding too much on these verses because I want the scriptures to speak for themselves. Y'all go read. I'm going to put these scriptures again in the show notes 
scroll down you should be able to see them if you do not see them um feel free to message me you can um email me info at notyouraveragegirl.org or reach out on my website and i'm glad to send you these as well but ultimately it's a developed lust acted out in different ways that we are convinced are more pleasurable than our desire for how God has inspired sexuality and intimacy. That is how we fall into sexual immorality. It's a developed lust and it's acted out in different ways through fornication, through masturbation, through bestiality, through um, a lust for each other, a lust for ourselves, through same-sex marriage, through same-sex relations. That is an acted out lust for us a developed lust that is acted out and that is how um it is manifested in our lives because we believed and we are convinced that it is more pleasurable that lust that desire than our desire for how god has inspired sexuality and intimacy so the answer to this lust based on everything that i just read if you get nothing else is submission to the holy spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to instill self-control, which is one of the fruit of the Spirit. That is what he gives us when we confess to believe and we surrender our lives to Jesus. So it's allowing him to instill self-control, not our own energy, not our own will and doing. It's his ability in us to desire him that will help us to walk away from desiring our flesh from desiring the passions of our flesh and following after those passions so i really do hope that it's been challenging to hear for you because that will lead you to search honestly and that is always what leads me to search as well when i'm challenged about something and when something just rubs me the wrong way about what god says that's how i search and then that's what i want you to do and again if you have any questions feel free to reach out um, to me, you can reach directly out to me on social media, um, and I'll give you all that information in a second, but feel free to email me again, info at notyouraveragegirl.org, or feel free to um, just reach out to me on my website at notyouraveragegirl.org. Y'all, I hope you have learned a lot in this episode, and I really want you to give me some feedback as well. Comment and rate in your favorite podcast app, which is a, pretty much available anywhere, or if you visited my website, notyouraveragegirl.org, you can comment there. Give me some feedback there. You can also find weekly um, encouragement, blog posts, Bible studies, and so much more. So social media has changed for me. So I'm consolidating everything. I'm bringing everything to my personal pages. So if you're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, you can find me by typing at Lauren E.A. Thomas simple that's at l-a-u-r-e-n-e-a the letter e the letter a and then thomas t-h-o-m-a-s that's on everything now i'm shifting everything to those platforms so that i keep it consolidated and also make it personable and concise um for me specifically because managing so many pages has been a whole lot of chaos for me but at the end of the day, I'm hoping to bring you into my life as well, to help you to learn who I am, how I journey with God um, in my life, and then we can do this thing together. So my ultimate hope is that you venture to study God's word, to read it, to open the Bible, to sit there and just be curious and let the Bible help you kind of figure out who God is and that is just the whole purpose of it to figure out who God is not to make 
not to have everything figured out, but to explore and to venture and to journey through the pages of the Bible. And so that you can develop a better relationship with God. And remember, as you read, read by faith. And that is how you grow in grace. And do not forget, do not forget to do it all in context. Thank y'all so much for listening in with me. This is Lauren Thomas. Until next time, bye.